everyone, and welcome to DevOps Decrypted. This is episode 20, milestone 20 um, of DevOps Decrypted. And I'm your host, Laura Laramore. And joining me today are Jobin and Rasmus. And we have a guest speaker today. We're going to interview Chris from Umano. So welcome, everyone. To get us started, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, DevOps Days in London on September 21st through the 22nd. Uh, Jobin, do you want to give us a little bit of info about that? Yeah, definitely. Um, so this is probably the first time we are actually sponsoring a DevOps Days. Um, so Adaptivist will be having a booth in DevOps Days in London. We will have a representative from my team speaking there. So everybody who is there in London and around, please do come visit us in the booth. Uh, go uh, listen to the um, uh, speech by Jason, uh, who is going to be there. Um, it's going to be a wonderful time. Um, apparently, I'm also going to the DevOps days here in Washington, D.C. next week. Um, so those of you who do not know about DevOps days, it's a worldwide series of technical conferences um, covering a lot of different topics, uh, you know, uh, everything about DevOps. They started this back in 2009 uh, something. Um, it, it's going really strong. And at Adaptivist, we had been monitoring DevOps days for quite a while now. Uh, and this is the first time we get to sponsor one. So I'm very excited about this. Um, you should really check it out if you haven't been to one before. Will there be anything in there about metrics? Uh, well, not for this one. Uh, I, I mean, there could be. Uh, I haven't checked the agenda yet, uh, but there could be something about metrics in all the DevOps days. Right? But whether it is there in the DevOps days or not, it's going to be there in our podcast, isn't it? Yeah, so today we have Chris Boyce here to talk with us about Umano and their metrics system and how it works and everything. So, Chris, if you want to give a little intro, we'd appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, sure thing, Laura. Thank you. Thanks for having me here with you guys today. Um, so, Umano is a team analytics tool. We combine the power of metrics with automated insights to really help teams know where they're at and then align around action to improve. Fundamentally, that is always the objective around metrics and measuring practices. It's to help us perform at our highest level and in, in a way that is sustainable and in a way that is consistent so that we can you know, perform our best as a team. And I think it's really interesting hearing you guys are about to launch into DevOps days because so many companies today, engineering organizations, will enter the conversation metrics through the lens of Dora. So the metrics published, um, sorry, the metrics that really help build and accelerate performance around um, continuous improvement, and uh, sorry, integration delivery for shipping value to customers um for again accelerating that feedback loop another metric and another signal from which you can continuously learn and improve so our kind of unique lens is um on the topic of of metrics is we love dora and we think we should go broader um, we think we need to look across not just the way we ship product from a crcd perspective and a pipeline perspective but also look at the practices of team performance and understand ways of working as leading indicators that can or, or inputs that can lead to stronger outputs and ultimately outcomes in terms of that customer value so 
that's our mission. We're we're on a on a maniacs on a mission to really help teams know where they're at through metrics and learn uh, faster so that they can build momentum faster. That that's a very interesting topic that you brought in there uh, about team level metrics. Because when you talk about metrics, you know, there is always this conversation about service level metrics versus team level metrics. And when you talk about dollar metrics, you are mostly looking at service level, right? Things like deployment frequency, lead time, mean time to recover, changing failure rate, all of that specifically focus on the service that you're operating on or a product um, and things like that. And what you are mentioning is we should go broader. Of course, we should. Uh, apparently, I was actually looking at the agenda for uh, the DevOps days in London as we were speaking. There is actually one topic which says observability is too damn expensive, uh, which I found very interesting <laughs> because it probably ties in with the topic that we have at hand. Uh, but anyway, what exactly do you mean by team-level metrics and how does it actually differ from the dollar metrics or uh, generally service metrics? I think, um, so when, when we talk about it, you know, team-based metrics, there's two aspects. One is the quantitative side of measuring team practices. And so we look at workflow. We look at the way teams design and build, the way teams review each other's work from a quality perspective, the way they engage. So we look at collaboration, communication flow, flow information flow. Um, and all of these are aspects into how teams team. And so if you get um, data into the hands of teams, they then are empowered and can be accountable for iterating on the way that they perform as a team, the way they practice to ship product, to build, to review and engage in the way that they ship. And so for us, it's kind of those behavioral elements. So looking at attributes such as speed, such as predictability or progress, um, all of these attributes in an agile way of working fundamentally have a set of signals. Those signals are metrics which help provide a view on how teams are tracking in performing in a way that matters most to them. And in understanding a broader view of those practices, it gives teams the observability to go, hey, this actually might be lagging. Let's double down on this and take an experiment to improve in the way that we practice next sprint or next iteration, which is great. But the other great thing, which we actually forget about the parametrics, is to celebrate improvement. It's to really create the momentum and the feeling of progression in the way that we're teaming to do better. And it's that celebratory element that I think is also so critical that metrics can really inspire uh, teams to perform better and to lean into their strengths and to really focus on um, what it what what practices drive that team and help them be set up for success. Great. I mean, all of that sounds really great to me, but where do we get this information from? I mean, how do you actually monitor? What are the tools that you're collecting these metrics from? Uh, or, or is it something that we have to record within Umano? Or how, how does it all work? You First of all, you don't need Umano. You have all of the data already at your fingertips. Um, it exists in the tools that you use to create the products that you're creating for the customers that you serve. And so you can use 
uh, any means to extract that data. You can write queries in, within your tools to, to create the insights that you want. Some of the tools will already have a predefined set of metrics. So Jira, for example, will have lead time and cycle time or velocity or burn down, whatever those mat- metrics may be. What we do with Umano is plug into your tools. So we'll look across uh, Jira or Azure from an issue tracker. We'll look across GitHub, GitLab, Bitbucket from a, a repo. We'll look at uh, Slack or Mattermost from Chad and Confluence from a wiki. And so we're looking really broadly across the tool set, which I think is critical to build that very uh, single pane view of practices across the workflow. When we connect to those tools, we're looking for the signals through interactions and in the artifacts of what you're creating. So for example, we'll look across and scan the tickets. We'll look across commentary in the way that you're reviewing each other's work in pull requests. We look at um, uh, elements of collaboration by the extent of interactions that are occurring, not just within your core team, but across an extended team to understand the complexity of your workflows. So all of these data points exist And depending on the level of maturity and capability of the company, you can default to the the metrics that exist in those tools already, or some very sophisticated companies and enterprises, no less, will have teams that are focused on um, creating data lakes in their Power BI or Easy BI tools to to merge not just their team-based data, but other operational data um, to create a view of whatever um information they need to make better more accurate decisions around performance so it's really dependent on where you're at and and what questions you're looking to answer from your data set most critically i think once you start with the questions that you're seeking answers to it will then be very quick to go looking for that data within your tool set to help you get the answers in a real-time view and ultimately make those decisions in an accelerated way. Speaking of decisions, and uh, I like the thing you said earlier, which is, you know, we talked about metrics. Metrics are kind of like a, a, I would call it a well-traveled topic these days. Lots and lots of talk about metrics and all that, but you mentioned something you called the myth of metrics. Can you explain what you mean by that? You bet. I love speaking to prospect customers and and indeed our existing customers around data-driven ways of working. It's a really interesting um, dimension, cultural dimension to the way we work in today. Um, And I think there is a lot of hype around being data-driven. And to be frank, I just think it's a ton of bullshit because we still so often see teams and leaders diverting and referring to bias or to intuition in the way that they make decisions. When we ask companies, what does data-driven mean to them and how are they embedding data into their decision-making cycle and into their cadence of work and into their practice of continuously improving, it's typically pretty shallow. Um, We don't see a, a culture of learning. We don't see a practice of collating data to answer a predefined set of questions that helps teams to know where they're at 
and take action to improve. And so I think, you know, with advent of or the penetration of AI and the way that we now working, um, it's just leapfrogging the conversation again. And I worry that we just don't have the, the basics in play, the foundations in play around a data-driven way of working. Um, and, I, you know, it's it's never too late just to start small, start with a very clear focus on what it is you want to have answers to and collect data to drive metrics um, to, to and to embed metrics into the way that you work. Yeah, I, I saw on the website that one of the metrics that's pointed out in there is called hidden work. And it lists an example, you know, tickets assigned to somebody outside a sprint. I was like, that would be wonderful to know. But how do you know that? Because most work outside sprints doesn't get assigned unless you have maybe a culture to just, you have to have like tickets for everything. Well, I think that like, this is a really interesting um, observation, Rasmus. I think why, first of all, why we created that metric was to help uh, bring a, a bigger picture, a more complete picture to workload so that we can provide some protections around overburdening teams by thinking that they have a finite capacity of stuff that they're working on when in actual fact they're working on a ton more either through, through doing other teams a favor or cleaning off the stuff that was supposedly meant to be done and wasn't or whatever the reason might be but if we get a complete picture of what teams are working on, both what's assigned and what's not, well then those leaders that are assigning that work may think twice about that team having extra capacity to take on work mid iteration. So that's why we created that, that metric in how we bring observability around that. This is the benefit of Yumano that's basically scanning through the, the all of the tools and the data sets that you have to identify and make connections in those signals to create meaning in those signals and so by virtue of knowing team members knowing what's assigned and identifying activity that's occurring by those team members outside of what's assigned we can start to build a much bigger profile of what the team's actually working on so that you can protect them be, be more uh, ruthless in the way that you triage that workload and ensure you're building sustainability in the way that you're working. I'm, I'm, I'm smiling, which won't show over on the podcast, but I just realized that I'm doing hidden work right now. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, like my boss is like tangentially aware that I do this podcast thing once in a while, but it's not like I have a zero ticket for it. So, uh, Whenever you have an intelligent like AI thing or something that can scan somebody's calendar and like figure out, oh, these things are the <laughs> main job, well, maybe we can get some metrics on that. That would be nice. Well, it you know, again, this is all about culture and how far you want to go. And I think I I, I totally get the the you know the jest with which you uh, may suggest, you know, integrating calendars, but there actually is a signal there around time, right? And time spent outside of priority work. And some tools will help you do that. And I think that that is another signal to understand what's actually going on that's inhibiting teams from performing at their best. I think the other signals, and I mentioned this at, at the beginning, that 
often go unnoticed or aren't explicitly included as a sign of performance or as a as, as a, um, a broader metric in itself are those qualitative metrics. So you talk about, you know, the hidden work of the work of the podcast. Well, there's also opportunities in Umano to capture the qualitative story of what's actually occurring and insert narrative and insert context in and around the team's workflow. So not only through notes, but also through things like what we have as a team vibe, that's like a health check, a Spotify health check, so that you can sprint stack the health of the team around the cultural or the softer elements of working that goes beyond the harder practice metrics that teams would be more familiar with. So to your point, you know, UGS, but I think it's actually a really important point. How do you capture narrative and context for what's going on around your work so that everybody actually can see that and have uh, a better understanding of what's going on and then make a, you know, again, make decisions around what's important, what's not. Yeah, don't take my podcast away from me, please. Uh. <laughs> well, it, it is an interesting metric for sure. I mean, uh, I was looking at the various metrics, you know, hidden work, that's, that's very interesting. We all do that. But having said that, I mean, how easy it is to create new dashboards, new gadgets, or new metrics uh, in case if you need to. Um, so at the moment, we have um, about 25 metrics that cover workflow from design, build, review, and engagement practices. The whole positioning of Umano is that we are off the shelf. It's plug and play. You do not need to write queries. You do not need a data science team. You do not need um, analysts to extract data and create meaning from it. So that's the whole proposition. At the moment, we don't enable customization from the view of creating from a data lake, a metric that you want to create. So there are tools that already exist like that. For example, as I mentioned earlier, Easy BI or Power BI, um, or even write your own queries within JIRA as an example. But the whole proposition for us is to simplify the end-to-end -end data collection process and the meaning-making process so that all you need to do is really log in and look at and observe across the range of metrics or the one or two that matter most to you, where you're at and what action you could take to improve. Okay, interesting. And in terms of the integrations, you already mentioned a lot of the tools there, most of the popular tools that's being used today. Um, have you ever come across scenarios where, hey, I have this separate tool or a custom tool that we have developed, which needs to be hooked into Umano so we get that complete picture? Uh, if so, you know, is that possible uh, to do? Yeah, totally. So we we have a list of like a basically our own pipeline of tools that we're connecting through. That is one stream of of work that our team is focused on. Um, so next would be really work, continuing to work through the, the primary work tools like monday.com and Asana um, and uh, even Trello from a lighter touch um, Kanban approach. Um, but yeah, we, we basically will take on those requests for integrations and we'll, we're gradually working through them. I think it's really important. One of the value props to our earlier point around simplifying and automating the data collection process and then the analysis to create your dashboard 
is one of the the more challenging tasks and actually we note that one of the problems that so many engineering organizations have is time spent reporting it's time spent collating these data um, points to then uh, run through uh, custom metrics and then present that on a dashboard and we've you know helping teams get back to doing what they love most and do best rather than spending time building and creating reports so yeah if you've got tools that we're not currently integrating with let us know and in terms of the team level metrics you already mentioned how the teams can pull together data uh, around the performance of a particular tool is there a portfolio level metrics as well where you can you know um, uh, roll up all the different teams into maybe projects also lots of groups or even to a portfolio level is that something that yeah. you can do yeah look we're we're building that right now we um and we're calling that groups effectively it's the team of teams you and it's the ability for you to collate teams in whatever way makes sense for how you want to observe those practices be that geography or feature or capability um the reason we started with teams and starting with team level uh insights is because we believe that real traction and behavior change for continuous improvement, for digital transformation, for high-performing ways of working starts at the team level. So often we see companies start at the tower level, if you like, um, from the cockpit of leadership, creating reports at that very, very high level. And then from on high are sharing their perspective of what needs to change across the system of the organization or across um uh workflow in general and that is one aspect of uh building a data-driven culture and a continuous improvement culture the other which gets so often missed is actually letting the teams fall in love with their own data giving them their information so that they are empowered genuinely and therefore are accountable for the actions that they're taking to improve. So that's why we started at the team level, team with team first metrics. You know, to that point, we don't um, create direct observability into individual behavior. Again, it's the team in the way that we collectively share and come together to create great outcomes. So that's what we call team first metrics. To your point though, teams don't work in isolation autonomy must sit within the framework of accountability accountability is the portfolio view and so we are now rolling that up for leadership to really bridge accountability and autonomy and get a much more unified approach in sort of the strategic uh, and systemic ways of working in an organization with that can set guardrails for then teams to be autonomous within those guardrails with their own data so uh, one other thing I noticed on, off the website that stuck out to me was this little thing called Ojo, described as our little coach, which made me really go, aha, they have a chatbot. Everybody's got a chatbot. <laughs> not everything has to be a chatbot. So can you describe what that is? You bet. Ojo is, um, it means eyes in Spanish. And so we think it's this little pair of extra eyes for you, working with you in your corner to help you see the things you may not be seeing. And so what Ojo 
um, does is take the insights from the catalog of metrics that we have to provide suggestions for the team, which they may or may not act upon based on the context that that team has. And so Ojo is presenting insights into the cycle of how we work. So there's planning-based insights. For In other words, Ojo may be suggesting as a team builds out a sprint plan, whether it's overplanned or underplanned based on that team's usual way of working because Ojo is there to help that team build a more accurate, predictable, sustainable plan. And so Ojo will provide a top-line uh, observation and then some suggestions around what they may do or what is different about this particular sprint in the example of planning that gives the team the levers then to adjust their plan so that they're more confident in the, their ability to execute on that plan. In the same way around the way teams then track, Ojo is providing that commentary on where improvements are being made based on the team's usual way of working. Hey, thumbs up, you guys are knocking it out of the ballpark. You're above your usual uh, benchmark or where things may be lagging. Um, and in the context of lagging, again, in, in the interest of building data literacy and a culture of data-driven ways of working, Ojo will also be suggesting other metrics for a team to go and look at if one in one aspect of their performance is lagging so that they can cross-reference that and get a much richer three-dimensional view on their practices to really uh, observe any um, adverse impacts or uh, things that are unintended consequences, if you like, of their ways of working. So that's the power of Ojo. It's really to, to, to bring that observation and suggestion into how teams plan, track, and review their work. And in so doing, it's really to kind of help um, almost scale the Scrum Master, if you like. It's scaling that capability of understanding across the team in a shared way, in a common language, so that everybody together knows what matters and what they need to do about it. I like the sound of that. It, 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 it sounds to me like a lot of metrics tools and things out there just like give you metrics like, here you go, here's a bunch of numbers. And this almost sounds like asking JetGPT, hey, analyze my recent sprints and advise. Pretty much, Rasmus. And I think that you've All hit right. the nail on the head. So many tools, reporting tools or metric-based tools are static data. You can get analysis paralysis. You can get totally confused in looking at a dashboard of charts and knowing what the hell to do with it and what matters with regard to taking action. We want to help teams move from viewing to doing. It's only by taking action do you live and breathe the culture of continuous improvement. Do you embed a way of evolving into high performance? If you don't take action, your head is stuck in the sand and you will just perpetuate status quo. And teams that are stuck just suck, right? We've all been in those teams that go nowhere because it's like Groundhog Day. You get to the retro and you're like, what the hell? We're doing the same thing, talking about the same things that are going wrong and nothing is moving. 
And so this is the whole point of Umano is to help teams really know where they're at, but through accelerated learning from, from metrics, but critically take action. What's the precise action that's going to matter most for improving your way of working? And that's the value of Ojo. I kind of feel like trying it now. <laughs> Good. I look forward to seeing you there. <laughs> so this Ojo, uh, the little quotes that we're talking about, is it available currently only on the planning stages or do we also have a tracking some of the... No, it's embedded. Uh, it, it's, it's embedded okay. into... Um, so the way it's... Again, the way Umano um, provides observability um into a team's way of working is what we call this kind of data guided performance loop it's a cycle of work right we all work in a cycle of planning tracking and reviewing or retrospecting either on a micro cycle like our sprint or our kanban iteration or our macro cycle like our quarters or our half yearly or annual plans whatever that might look like and so what umano does is help within a team space create your active cycle hub i.e. the way you sprint or the way you uh, perform in your iterations. And so within your active cycle hub, you have your planner, which builds insights live as you're building out your sprint plan in your issue tracker. When you hit start sprint in the issue tracker, you're moving into tracking that work. So our tracker then is the sprint summary or your interval summary that looks at performance on a daily basis benchmarked against how you usually work to get the thumbs up or the flags on what you want to focus on. And then it moves into your retrospecting tool, our reviewer. So Umano through Ojo helps teams retrospect in three ways. One, there's an Ojo pane of all of the insights Ojo is sharing. There's the team input pane, which is where teams are literally inserting their cards and commentary on did well, do differently, take action. Um, and then there's the team vibe pain, which is the team health Spotify checks, if you like, that track the qualitative things that you want to observe over time. So by mirroring the way a team works in that cycle of planning, tracking, and retrospecting in the micro cycle and in an active cycle, again, that's how we're helping with Ojo to help teams improve in their way of working it's embedded insights to take action at planning tracking and reviewing so it's not a static dashboard per se of what you may be used to through jira or other tools it's quite different in the way that we mirror ways of working with embedded insights at each stage of that cycle to help improve either or any of those those stages of of the way that you work just to take that a little bit uh deeper uh, so does it also monitor i know that you have integrations with tools like github and gitlab and the likes um so there's probably cacd information coming through from those tools how about the environments does it go that level i mean do you also monitor environments and report back yes this particular environment is either down not functional or it's up and running this particular version of the software is deployed into this environment those kind of details does it bring that into the dashboard as well or so at the moment Jovan, it does not the very clear focus there's a lot of tools that exist for that 
uh, use yep. case and for that observability right now. And we don't think we've got a unique point of view on that. It's it's the observability into team practices, the, mm -hmm. the inputs into high performance cultures, the inputs into shipping quality value to customers. Um, and so that's our unique approach. Your point's really interesting though. We do, we are increasingly getting asked about that single pain of, of, um, of view and like, we're exploring that, like you never say never. <laughs> um, and there may come a point where actually our customers say, this is, this is a really, really critical element to team performance. And through the lens of team performance, yes, you know, we're talking about environment performance, but through the lens of team practices, what impact are those practices having on our environments? And are our environments improving their performance as a result of our team interactions? Right. Yeah, I was uh, probably going to ask another question, but you sort of answered this, you know, uh, whether it is Atlassian or GitLab or GitHub, they all come with their own dashboards as well, you know, covering a lot of other integrations they might have. Take Atlassian Combos, for example, it brings in insights from all the different uh, applications in the Atlassian suite of applications, and probably even other uh, CACD tools like you know GitLab and GitHub. Similarly, GitLab, it's a single DevOps platform, has its own dashboards covering all the entire DevOps lifecycle. Uh, so I was just seeing where the Umano dashboards fit in with those dashboards that you are seeing in uh, say GitLab versus Atlas Combos and things like that, you know, and where you get this additional insights from. So for us, there's gaps in the observability that those tools provide. Um, and the current gaps that they're um, kind of blind spots in those tools is just that it's practices in the way that the team designs their work, the way that the team then builds their work, goes around the skills of creating their work and then Obviously, there is observability through pipeline data and whatnot, and then environment uh, observability at the tail end. But where they're very opaque and even like, as I kind of said, almost blind at that at the front end of the input scale of the way that we work. Um, so that's one aspect. The other aspect is they're not looking at like the 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 softer side of um collaboration and interaction and communication which is such a critical element of team performance um they're not looking at the complexity of interactions across a value stream or workflow so what Umano is doing by creating sorry by plugging not only into those tools but more and bringing all of that data together is to bring a much much richer picture together for those teams on their workflow end to end. Which brings up another question. Are there like APIs that you have for your product using which we can pull this information into another product? So not yet. Uh, we are also being asked for that as a feature set, which we will be definitely putting on the agenda for early next year. Um, but we've got some very exciting new features that we're working on as a priority to help um and help teams perform better and so one of those we've talked about already is groups so the way that leadership can get that uh roll-up view um 
in uh, their performance uh, window. But uh, yeah, some other interesting things around sentiment analysis and looking at uh, the sentiment of language in team based on performance and correlations between sentiment and impacts of sentiment on the way teams are performing. So these are some of the fun things that we're currently working on to provide a richer, deeper understanding of how teams work. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just glad that I'm not the only one who is asking these questions or asking for these features. I do have one more question. Um, is it only SaaS-based at the moment, or is there any way we can take it on-prem? So we are currently building the uh, on-prem connectors. So we're specifically, we're building the Jira data center connections so that um, uh, teams can get that view of insights uh, within a data center environment, but also in a hybrid or blended environment. So it's actually, we're designing also for the use case where companies may have teams on cloud, uh, and also on-premise, which some of the, which the, is more some of the adaptivist right? teams. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you guys as well. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, but Umano itself is SaaS-based. It's only on cloud. Correct. Yeah. Yep, okay. right now. Right. Uh, we'll, by, um, by the end of the year, we'll have those connections up for data center customers. I will go back to the um, session that I was talking about for the DevOps Days London. Observability, it is a costly affair. What, what what do you say about that? Any final thoughts on that? I mean, I think, you know, obviously there's a pricing associated with Kumano and anything else that we're talking about. But uh, personally, I believe that it is worth the cost because obviously these methods bring forth a lot of insights that you would otherwise will not pay attention to. And uh, obviously that in turn leads to uh, team improvement, the per team performance improvement. Uh, any Any final thoughts on that? I think that's a, that's a very cool uh, topic title because it's not, I think the, the the literal cost element is a false economy. You can't afford not to have observability um, in the way of working uh, today. I think it's costly because it's behavior change. Observability demands a culture of behavior change. Otherwise, there is no point in rolling out metrics or pretending to create observable cultures if you're not going to do anything about it and so for me that's the costly angle on embedding and embarking on this journey of, of observability but as i said it's a false economy if you don't do it and the costs are way higher if you don't do it and my my bleak assessment is obsolescence quite frankly if you don't embrace a culture of continuous improvement and evolution. And the only way to do that is metrics and knowing where you're at so that you can continuously iterate to get better. I hear that. I cannot take any more. I think a lot of people at the team level would appreciate having a clear understanding of what they need to do individually and as a team to be able to improve. I think people generally want to improve. I think sometimes they have no guidance in that. And so I do think that it's definitely a worthwhile investment. I appreciated your insights on um, qualitative and human interaction within metrics because that's something that often gets left out. 
But thanks for joining us today to discuss this topic of metrics on the DevOps Decrypted podcast. You can connect with us on social at Adaptivists and let us know what you think of the show. For myself and Chris Boyce and Jobin and Rasmus, you guys have a great day. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on DevOps Decrypted, part of the Adaptivists Live Podcast Network.